This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 105.3 FM HD2. This is Tom Fitzmorris with the second course of The Food Show. It's unique in America. I really uh, have been looking for a long, long time. I don't look real hard, but I put the word out that if you know of another radio station anywhere in America that has a two-hour long, every day, Monday through Friday, radio show and has been doing it for 32 years, uh, I'd I'd like to know about that. But I don't think you're going to come up with anything. And in the meantime, we uns over here are pretty proud about the fact that we even have this radio station and uh, this radio program. Thank you very much for being here. What we do is talk about food, anything you've ever eaten in your entire life, anything that you love to eat, things that you hate to eat, and everything else that goes in with that. If You don't have to wait until I come up with an idea you might like because you'll probably have one that's better than anything I had in my head anyhow. So uh, share it with us. Uh, also with us today uh, are, well, let's see, I think we, the R is unnecessary, is Mary Ann, uh, my wife. Hi and there. And she's uh, nicer and nicer with each passing day. <laughs> Whatever that means. Well, would you believe it means what it says? Uh, I don't know. Well, what is it with women? You can't, you can't give them, uh, you, you can't go so much as give them a, oh. give them a compliment. Mm. Well, now, what are you up to, Buster? Yeah. Okay. Two six zero six three six eight. Today is National Peanut Day. I was about to say that, and I'm glad you beat me to it. How do you like your peanuts? Do you like them as the planter's cocktail peanut that's salty? Do you like your peanuts as part of a mixed nut uh, assortment? Uh, I'm the mixed nut. Do you like your peanuts in the shell, just dry roasted? Or, please don't say this, you like Mm -hmm. your peanuts boiled. You know, that's I don't understand it either because I've tried it before. But uh, this idea of, of boiling peanuts, which is very uh, widespread in the southern part of the United States, I don't I don't understand what what is what is I know. being attempted I know. here. It's I, really, I, it, it, you know what? I had a boiled peanut or a boiled a one. Cajun yeah. boiled peanut. Yeah. Hummus. Yeah. No kidding. Instead uh-huh. of instead of using the uh, Yes, it was um it was in mm, it was at Reynolds Plantation in Georgia. I forget mm. the city. But um Georgia. But it was really Georgia. good. I mean it was not something I would um, you know, seek out, but it was on the menu at the bar and I thought, well, let me try it and it was it was pretty good. I'm I'm getting into uh, unusual hummuses. I like the edamame hummus. Yes, I'm gonna I write like an article it, about that. I like it at um, at Bar Peters. 
Bar right by Peters? the station, yeah. Bar Peters has a cool edamame hummus. Um, anyway, speaking of burled, <laughs> I was at a restaurant about two weeks ago that was exceedingly hip. Exceedingly really? hip. Really? What were they putting out? And it was Vietnamese-based. Yeah. And I was marveling at the hipness of it all. And then I asked the guy that was serving some... I'm trying to think of what it was that I was asking about. But he said, no, it was burled first. Mm, And I said, mm -hmm. okay, well, that just shot all the hipness out of it right there. Yeah, it just about does, doesn't it? (laughs) Anyway, two six zero six three six eight. Today is the birthday of Milton Hershey. Milton Hershey, what a guy! What an interesting story. I read this book several years ago called The Chocolate Wars. What a great book! That and it was. was about the Hershey Company and the Mars Company and how competitive these murderous, two were. Murderous, And it was really fascinating. Really, yeah. really fascinating. I and, agree. Um, and in your piece here, you say that he, uh, after the company was successful, he began to be more philanthropic. But you know what? He was actually, well, I guess in a way, he would be sort of an early 20th century feudal lord. <laughs> yeah, he was pretty tough. He had he had his employees living in the company property but he built them housing and everything so it was really uh it was he's a fascinating guy he's a really fascinating guy it was a really interesting book mm-hmm. um and I, I think that i think that this is i don't know when you wrote this tom but i think it might be a little out of date because you said that uh milk chocolate remains the standard for chocolate in the united states i don't know if that's true anymore uh, I'd be surprised if it weren't, but I don't have any better evidence than you've got. So well, I uh, think I think that the health benefits of the darker chocolate yeah. are um, are sort of etching edging that um, that preference for milk chocolate away, and and you know people I think are, are eating more dark chocolate. I mean, I've always been a dark chocolate person, so I don't know if that's true or if it's just a perception that I have but I, I tell you this mm-hmm. when I go to buy my um, when I go to get my fix the $72 red I mean not $72 but the $5 pound bar of 72% Belgian dark chocolate at Trader Joe's it is always the one with the least amount of units there mm. units and it's often so sold out they have like four or five different kinds and that's the one that's always um, got the least amount. Sometimes <gasps> it's been sold out. There's been nothing there. And I have to come back. That actually it. happened about two, three weeks ago uh, when my daughter, who you probably know, is, in fact, a, uh, a person who who is uh, Baker. baking and, Baker. Uh, and uh, does candies and all kinds of stuff. And she told me. A few weeks ago, that they had, she had a real hard time getting her hands on some dark, dark chocolate. I know, I know. It's yeah. this is like I wake up nights in a cold sweat, thinking that my chocolate could run out. Um, Tom, it's also the birthday of Mel Torme, ah. which I think I think absolutely calls for a song. 
Yeah, uh, this is uh, one of his best songs, I think. Uh, it was, let's see if I can remember it. Um, um, you, I'll read, while you're trying okay, to remember yeah. that, I will say that he is one of the all-time great singers of the great American yep. songbook, he singing professionally by the age of, what? Singing professionally by the age of three? <laughs> Wait a second. Who's hiring a three-year-old lounge lizard? Hmm. What? Okay, here we go. Here's uh, here, This is uh, Mel Torme as I, as I hear him. As a matter of fact, this was the first time I ever sang in a bar. I used this song. <gasps> okay. Yeah, okay. Um, let's see if I can remember it again. It was... Uh... Okay. okay I, I'm, I'm ready. Wait, wait. Shh. Okay. Yeah. Blue Moon. Both of them were songs called Blue Moon. Wait, but that's not. That's clever. But Mel Torme never sang that, right? No. He did sing the first one. Yeah, Blue Moon, You Saw Me Stand, that one. Yeah, that's a. Yeah. But the way he, he did but it, not not the one you just sang. He did it on kind of a low ball sort of uh, okay uh, rhythm to it. He, but uh, gr- what a great voice and also uh, somebody who did uh, scat singing quite a lot. Oh, you love that scat singing. Oh yeah, I mean how I love that scat. <laughs> Tom does scat singing for the grandchildren, baby. and they so both boo-boo-boo. just stare at him like he hit his head or something. They have this look on their face like, help me, mommy. <laughs> I cannot I cannot deny this. No, it's true. It really is. It's a little disturbing when no, Tom starts doing that with I the had, grandchildren. I had lunch with uh, with Mel Torme once uh-huh. uh, over at the Roosevelt Hotel. He was performing there. Oh, you said you didn't like him, right? Uh, personally, I don't know. I couldn't take He didn't seem to be all that friendly a guy, but he was a great singer. And I'm trying to no think of who I, oh, yeah, I was thinking who I met once who was a really hilarious comedian who was a dreadful human in person. Mm. Um, oh, there's a lot of that going around. Yeah, that's for sure. Anyway, uh, yes, I thought you would be, I thought you would want to take the opportunity to sing. Without a dream in my heart, without a love of my own. You knew just what I was there for. Oh, we got a real one. A real what? <laughs> this is the same song. Oh, Doug found it. Thank you, Doug. Yeah, yeah that wasn't too bad. No, that so was myself. good, Tom. That was really good. In my heart. Okay. And a love of my own. He liked long notes. Mm, okay. All right. Well, happy That's birthday enough, to is what the you mean, but, uh, now deceased Mel Torme. Uh, we are talking about, you know, the usual, anything you want to talk about. We were talking about conch in the first hour and Cavender's Greek seasoning. And in this hour, we threw out the idea of peanuts. How do you like your peanuts? Do you like them in the cocktail? Uh, you know, I, I like them any kind of way, actually. But um, the dry roasted, unsalted 
version in the little planters jar is my least favorite, although I'll eat them because I love peanuts. Um, I think that that raw peanuts are not all that great. I think that dry roasted peanuts in the shell are fine and kind of too much trouble, but probably not a bad thing, bad way to eat it because it'll slow down the consumption of a highly caloric food like uh, peanuts. Mm. But my favorite way is just the regular old planters cocktail peanuts, Mm -hmm. heavily salted, shelled, and ready to inhale by the handful, <laughs> which is kind of the problem with them. Uh-huh. Well, it, anyway, I'm really disappointed that they pulled them off of airline flights because uh, I used to oh. I used to like to eat peanuts that way. Hmm. Well, you got to eat something on the on the airplane. Yeah. Well, now they have Cheez-Its, which I also really really I like love, they, which they I have, don't uh, like to eat. On Delta Airlines, there is a, this. You like this, your cookie. The cookies. Right. Your, what is it? Biscoff. Biscoff. Biscoff, which is a mixture of... I'll get of, you some this week, Tom. Oh, you will? Yes. Because I can't get them in the grocery store anymore. Wait, you can't? I, I've, <gasps> I've lost my sources. Oh, my sources. goodness. I've backed off of hoarding them on on flights because I knew that you were getting them in the store, but no. Uh, no, I oh, can't get them anymore. Oh, my goodness. Oh, okay. Well, if my bag gets lost or so, no, I'm not checking a bag. So anyway, I was going to say they also have them when they also have them to appease you when yeah. your bag gets lost. You can help yourself <laughs> to the snacks. That could I be. did a big haul once like that. Anyway, uh, you th- Judith Vorst is that how you say her name? Judith Vorst Vorst. It's a strange way to strange. strange. I never heard of it. I don't the think novelist anyway. oh. Judith Vorst. Judith Vorst. No V I O. Yeah. V- Okay, anyway, she has a great quote. You have a great quote in here. Strength is the capacity to break a chocolate bar into four pieces with your bare hands and then eat just one piece. (laughs) That is strength, I have to say. I do not have that kind of strength. You do, though, Tom. You can eat one potato chip. You can open a bag of potato chips, eat one potato chip, and walk out of the room, leaving the entire bag there for either me to eat or to go in the garbage. <laughs> is this a good thing or a bad thing? I can't well, quite it's, tell. Well, it's a bad thing if you don't like wasting food, which I don't. It's a really bad thing if you don't like wasting food enough to eat the rest of the bag, which I do. Um, but it's an impressive amount of self-control, I have to say. Mm-hmm. Which yeah, I, yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, how can you stand back and just watch it? Yeah, I mean, it's especially like a great, salty here we go with the salt again a great salty potato chip we have one other uh, little thing to consider too this is a, a totally different uh, source um today i think is the birthday yeah it is in 1938 of judith martin who, uh, oh who you love her miss manners is so uh, how, how do you remember she? the quote you used to give me about her all the time no what was it you used to quote uh, Judith Manners. Is it Judith mm-hmm. Manners? Judith Miss Manners. Manners. Judith, right. wait, Miss what's her Manners. name? Judith Martin. Judith Martin. You mm-hmm. used to quote her all the time yeah. um, having to do with weddings. Do you remember what you told me that she said about weddings? No, tell me. The groom is. Oh, I know where you're going. Much... Yeah. Go ahead. The, the, the um, groom is pretty much. 
superfluous. Superfluous, right? Yes. Yeah, because the 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 it was a the uh, it was a groom who was complaining about the fact that everything was going on, all the parties and everything for all of the bridesmaids and such, and thought he was being cheated. And Miss um, Manners set him straight. Hmm. Hmm. Yes, true. I, I think we're being given a break here. Yes. Two six zero six three six eight is the number. You're listening to WWL 105.3 FM HD2. Hello, it's uh, the food show, and here we are. What's what's today? Today is like Monday, the 16th. It's still Monday. How is that possible? <laughs> I guess so. Tom and gets confused because he takes so many naps during the day. He's not sure when the day's turned over. Oh well, I get a lot done <laughs> in those naps. I keep right. trying to convince everybody of that. I know, but no one ever listens. I'm sorry. Two six zero six three six eight is the number. We have had kind of a busy show today. Very busy. Uh, we've talked about conch mm-hmm. and about Cavender's Greek seasoning. We're still looking for a recipe for that. Well, you don't. Uh, it sounds like all you have to do is take your entire spice rack and dump a teaspoon oh, yeah. of everything yeah, together, yeah. and you have Cavender's Greek seasoning. That should do it. Yeah. Which, uh, which is great. But you know what? I've decided. I've gone. Well, no, that's not true because I really do like the saltiness of Cavender's Greek mm-hmm. seasoning. I was going to say that what I'm doing now, when I want to make a salad that's just really Mediterranean-like, I will take olives and uh, pit them and chop them up. Not not really, really small, just kind of chunky. And take, you know, I go to these olive bars at the supermarkets and I get uh, olives, but I make sure to get the juice of the olives in there too. And mm-hmm. so I kind of use that as a salad dressing because it's got that olive flavor, which I really love. Yeah, yeah, you know, that's a great idea. I, uh, Thank you. And it's uh, the, the flavor is not it's not just the uh, chemical sort of. Well, it's a salt thing too. It's another salt, salt thing. thing too. Well, I put lemon juice and the olive juice and. Yeah, it comes through. Yeah, it's, and, it's and it's good. It's really very good. nice. Yeah. But but I like the the saltiness of the uh, and sort of the grit also of the Cavender's Greek seasoning, and with some feta cheese, that's just yummy, yummy, yummy. We had some uh, yummy stuff today at Don's Seafood Hut. We had a, mm-hmm. um, they have a cast iron skillet that's really made for able skivers. Wow. The Danish pancake. It, it looked like if you were going to get a black iron skillet. Or for skillet, poaching eggs, you could do that, I guess. Black iron skillet, take the handle off and make pits in the middle of it for whatever you're trying to cook. But in this case, it was start started off with uh, uh, some shrimp, and then we moved to doing it with oysters, which you got to know has really appealed to me. And you put it in the oven, and this really heavy uh, iron just holds the heat, and as you add the other ingredients, it just kind of like... Well, they had this big cheesy thing that had... I don't know, I guess bacon in it and a lot of maybe different kinds of cheeses on top of shrimp. And mm-hmm. it was really good, but it was it was the Abel Skiver pan, which I thought was kind of cool because I've only Abel seen Skiller that one pan, other place, okay. and that's toast where they actually are serving Abel Skivers, which mm. are a rolled Danish pancake and something you should try mm. for sure if you have not had that. I've never heard of them. Tell me about them again. It's what? a rolled pancake. A rolled pancake. It's, a, it's a Danish pancake. It is rolled, and then you fill it with things, and it's called an Abel 
Skiver. <laughs> Able Skiver. I like the name of it. Yes. And uh, you can get them around town, just one place that I know of, Toast. I'm sure there are probably other places, especially if any other restaurateur has been there to have them because they're really good. And then so we had this with shrimp in that same kind of pan, and that was good. 2602-6368 is the number. That's 260-MENU. If you – oh, Stevie is all there. I'll let you talk about that after I'm gone, Tom, because I know you love yours. After you're gone. I know how you love your – Artificial sweeteners, your chemical sweeteners. Mm. Well, yeah. stevia would know, not be. I know, I know. So artificial. stevia, stevia is real. But yeah. we, you can talk about that later because I have absolutely no interest in talking about sweetening sweeteners of coffee and such things. Do you drink coffee? Thirty years, Tom. Thirty okay. years. <laughs> That's my answer to I that. I didn't want to offend. <laughs> Two six zero six three six eight. We have a, an eat club coming up that I want to mention. We do. First Eat Club in a very long time. Now, folks, you have asked us umpteen times every time we are out somewhere. The question will inevitably come up. When are you doing another Eat Club? And the answer to that, we have an answer. It used to be where we didn't have an answer for that, but now we do have an answer, and that answer is yes. Yes is correct. It's on nomenu.com. And uh, it's like three or four stories down. It's the Eat Club is back, is the name of the story. It's at Middendorf's in Slidell yeah. on Thursday. Not to be confused with the one uh, over there in Laplace. The 26th of September. Yep. Thursday, the 26th of September. Middendorf's Slidell. It is a fantastic menu. It's like, it's like the horse Pfeiffer sampler. It's a an appetizer course of fettuccine alfredo. It is a middle course of the fried catfish, the crispy thin fried catfish that they sell 85% to 15% over the uh, fatter catfish, so thin crispy catfish and shrimp. And then the third course is a sampling of Oktoberfest, sauerbraten, Wiener schnitzel, uh, pretzel and sauerkraut, and then the fourth is a German chocolate cake with vanilla ice cream. That is seventy-five dollars, all inclusive. Middendorf Slidell. You have to call the restaurant to make a reservation. The number is nine eight five seven seven one seven 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 seven. Seven seven one seven 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 seven. Uh huh. They make okay. their numbers easier. The one in Manchac is three eight six 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 six. So they make their numbers easier for you, uh-huh. easy for you to call. That's Middendorf Slidell First Eat Club in a long time, a week from Thursday. But there's another little piece of info here, not very useful, but just a huh kind of thing, and that is the very first Eat Club dinner we ever did back in the uh, 1990s. Oh yeah, that's quite a coincidence. Uh, it was uh, Horst Pfeiffer who did it. But he was in his own uh, restaurant at that time, up well, in the he's got French his own market. Restaurant this time, it's just a completely different yeah, kind. Totally, <laughs> totally different thing. And he was doing uh, this back then, and now again, uh, the presence of uh, fettuccine. Um, fettuccine, uh, and but also uh, they are doing some. Um, uh, okay, and uh, one more, uh, one more thing that's in there. Oktoberfest. Uh, Oktoberfest is. Uh, uh, and the pasta and all the other things, and the and the fried catfish too. Let's not forget that. But also uh, all of these German dishes, 
and done as well as you'll ever find anywhere else in New Orleans. A horse, that's his... That's well, he's his, German, so... He's German, yeah, so... Classically trained German chef. So call the number, uh, let's see if I got it right, 985-7777. Nope. No? There's a one in there, 771-7777. Okay. <laughs> I think they'd make these just to It's not that hard, people. Tom. 771-7777. Okay. You're still trying to get the number down, folks. I'll say it again. 771-7777. That is a 985 area. That is a week from Thursday, the 26th of September. All right. First Eat Club, so hope you join us. And if you've never been to one of our Eat Club dinners, uh, the way they work is very simple. Uh, you go to the place of the restaurant, you sit down, you eat, you drink, and you have a great time. Meet a time. lot of new friends. Meet new friends for sure, and uh, it's it's delightful. These have been so successful for us that they morphed into cruises, and, uh, and it's like the whole thing came to a screeching halt, and now, um, due to popular demand, we are going to bring back the Eat Club dinners. Not the cruises, but the Eat Club dinners. So yeah. this is your chance. Right. Let's jump on it if you want to do that. And then the next Hope time. Hope to see you. Yes. All right, so let's see. On the table is conch, Cavender's Greek seasoning, yep. peanuts, chocolate. Anything else you want to talk about? Uh, I hear that Stephen is here. Stephen. It wouldn't be a show without Stephen. Hello, Stephen. What is on your Hello. list today? Good. I stopped to see Chef Duke on Friday. He was supposed to have health inspectors on Wednesday and they didn't show up so he doesn't know where he is and uh, getting yeah. open. Yeah. Okay, you talk Stephen about... is like our little reporter on Dabs. Okay. Chef Duke's new place. Thank you for giving yeah. us an update. Um tartar sauce. Kraft makes tartar sauce and people buy it by the gallons. Uh that's why. Uh but Dini's makes their own tartar sauce as far as I know. You know, okay. I think there is an excellent chance that I am never going to set foot in there again. So I'm probably not going to get to taste that. Okay. To taste what? The tartar sauce at Dini's. Oh. Um, I think your salad that has a gritty salt taste may be sea salt that yeah. they put in there. I would, I would definitely big and crunchy say, and maybe doesn't dissolve. Okay, that's probably it. Because the places I've had it are really hip places, which is the kind of place that you would see sea salt instead of regular old Morton stuff. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Okay. Um, let's see. Boiled, uh, boiled peanuts. They sell them every day at racetrack. You can dip them up by the cupful, or you can buy a gallon can of them. Good to know, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Do you like I'm boiled going... peanuts, Stephen? No, I don't. Yeah. No. Anybody uh, who wants to try that hummus recipe, if you were to take the boiled peanuts and uh, replace, use them to replace the um, garbanzo beans. I guess that's how you do it. Yeah. Okay. In about two weeks, I'm going to Hershey, Pennsylvania for my annual oh, car show trip. I know. And um, they have all these, you know, he would, I don't know if he ever had any children. I have run into his 
nephew that's a uh-huh. midget or a dwarf or whatever we're supposed to call them. Uh, but I don't think they had children, so they had orphanages, and they had a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Until one of the former orphans became an attorney and sued him because mm-hmm. he would get the boys up and send them out to milk cows mm-hmm. for part of their keep. Mm-hmm. And they didn't pay them, but I mean, they gave them, they, they yes. big brick houses and yeah. gave them these places to live with, with parents and, you know, yeah. did great things for these kids yeah. and educated them and, uh, so, but then they closed it down after this attorney sued him about of course. the kids yeah. having to milk the cows. Typical American story, yes. Yeah. Okay. Now and he was also, a he was a, quite a visionary and, and a yes. and a social engineer in a way that I approve. Yeah. 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 Okay. And also, let's can we set this up so that when Tom sings, he has at least a quartet behind him to back him up. <laughs> Uh, you know, I used to do that. I, I used to do uh, barbershop quartets, and, uh, they're, and they're a lot of fun. Well, you know, Daniel, the gourmet cellist, is coming in for me on Thursday, so yeah. maybe I'll tell him to bring his cello, and he can be the one string instrument behind Tom. Oh. But Tom doesn't sing cello music. No, he doesn't. That's well, true. I, I, well, you said a string quartet. I'm assuming that's classical music. Yeah, sure. Well, I don't necessarily mean it's string quartet, but a quartet of musicians behind him, because everybody mm-hmm. sounds better with a band I, behind I, him. <laughs> I, told oh, Tom, sure. I told Tom he should cut a CD of Christmas music last year, but he didn't do it, so I can't help him. Well, you're only going to sell 10 copies. <laughs> what? what you, I don't offer coming to don't your house and singing. say to that to Tom. Oh, that's not a bad idea. Oh, God. Oh. Things get really tough on the radio. Uh, okay, Stephen, are you getting toward the end of your list? Because that it. one I would strike off your list. Go ahead. What? Okay, that's it. Okay. All right. Take care, Stephen. Thank you. 260-6368. Time for another break. You are listening to WWL 105.3 FM HD2. Hello, you're listening to The Food Show. This is Tom Fitzmorris. We've been on the air since, oh, gosh, 19 to... 32 years. And it's great to be here with you talking about the food scene around town, in your kitchen, uh, the place that you used to live a long time ago, candy bars you've eaten before, drive-in theaters and the popcorn they had. If if it was uh, good food, uh, or even not so good food, but interesting food, it would be terrific if you were to give us a call. It doesn't have to be a big, long thing. It doesn't have to be all that thick and, and philosophical. Uh, we just want to hear from you. 260-6360. And uh, the reason for that is uh, 6-8. I'm sorry. I, I knew there was something wrong with that. 260-6368. Just call on in, and we'd uh, love to hear what you have on your mind in your eating habits. And let's see, we have a lot going on involving uh, Mr. Hershey of the Handy uh, Candy Bar. Uh, and we are also talking a lot about peanuts for some reason. I found a, a, a an ongoing uh, thought channel, is I don't know what else to call this, uh, about peanuts. It just goes on and on and on and on. 
must be something else in here we can get out of this. There was uh, one other item that was a little uh, curious. Let's take a look at it. Uh, the Gourmet Gazetteer. A gazetteer is like an encyclopedia or a or a uh, an, uh, a dictionary, but it's different in that it talks only about places, so mountains, cities, you know, things like that. And uh, so what we have here is a town called Mount Eaton. Now, the reason the food connection is there, I, I think you will see. Uh, Mount Eaton is in the wooden foothills of the Sierra Mountains in central California. It's about 50 uh, air miles west of uh, Yosemite National Park. It rises to 3,134 feet, which is getting up there. The Tuolumne, I don't know how to spell it, I don't know how to say this, T-U-O-L-U-M-N-E. Uh, I can kind of read that and think it has something to do with light, but I don't know what. Uh, so anyway, if you know how to pronounce that, would you call and share that with me? Thank you. That would be very nice. T-U-O-L-U-M-N-E, the Tulumne River, runs along the eastern flank of Mount Eaton, and... Uh, what else do we need to know about this? Uh, nothing, really, but uh, the, they, you need a four-wheel drive to get over the summit and anywhere in there. The nearest restaurant is only um, a mile and a half away from the Longhorn Steakhouse in the town of Tuolum, Tuol, Tulahoma. And it's spelled, well, it's spelled two different places here. So Tuolumla. Uh, Say it again. I didn't. <laughs> okay, it's Tullahoma, well, incidentally. Tullahoma. Yes. Okay, Tullahoma. That's how you pronounce right. that. And we have Sal right. on the phone right now. Sal, welcome to the food show. Thank you very much for calling. Thanks for having me. Just wanted to uh, chime in. I'm not sure if y'all touched base on this uh, little bit of trivia about peanuts, yeah. but um, something I learned not long ago, probably about maybe a year ago. That mm-hmm. peanuts are not actually a nut at all. They're no, not at all. It's a root. It's a legume. It falls in the legume family, such as the red beans, black eyed peas, white beans, and all of those. Mm-hmm. And uh, I also learned that it has inflammatory properties that can cause inflammation um, of different problems in your body, joints, mm. muscles, and aches and pains of that nature. So. Yeah. Stay away. I just wanted to chime in and share that information with y'all. Well, thank you very much. I have today. Very helpful. Well, I think so. There you go. It's the food show. This is Tom Fitzmorris. Incidentally, we have we have not only was it the the national day that Marianne mentioned, but it's also National Guacamole Day. National Guacamole Day. Yes. And that's not mm. all. We, it's, we, it's National Cinnamon Raisin Bread Day today, and for those of you, <laughs> for those of you who don't cook at all, or you know, it's National Play-Doh Day. Play-Doh, yeah. Remember Play-Doh when you were a kid? Oh, sure you did. No, maybe. Uh, would you care to have any comments on the subject of guacamole? And if not, I do. I, there used to be a Mexican place that I thought was pretty good, never brilliant, but pretty good. And, and its name, uh, if you translated it from the Spanish, came out something like uh, the Four Guys, or it was something like that. 
made a reference to four people who actually did own the place. They had four of them, partners in the in the place. Uh, anyway, why did I bring that up? The um, boy, there was a, there was a reason behind that. Guacamole. <laughs> Guacamole, right? And anyway, one of these chefs at uh, this place uh, told me that the way to eat eat guacamole. And he had a restaurant, and we were doing a TV show. Was, I, I haven't worked much in television over the years, and I never wanted to because I, I have a face for radio. But uh, at that time, he said, here's how you make guacamole. You have to do it this way. And he made it clear that you don't squash it all into some sort of complete puree. That's not good guacamole. You want some chunks of it in there. Not so big that you are eating them with a fork and a knife, but just enough that it kind of blends. The pieces blend with one another. And you also have a little bit of garlic, but only a little, uh, some olive oil and only a, lot, a little bit of that. And uh, then you have your, your, your uh, hot peppers. You don't want to overdo that either. And then you have onions. The onions are chopped at the same size, more or less, as they were with the... Uh, uh, with the other part of this, with the uh, uh, avocado. uh, the, the what? Avocado. Avocados, yeah. And uh, and then you do all of that, and you realize you have a really great guacamole. I have it somewhere in my files here, but my files, you probably heard us complain. Your uh, file, I mean, your your guacamole recipe is um, delicious. But it is that pureed thing. And while I've seen that before, you know, it's funny because two different kinds of guacamole are popular right now. The really chunky one, which has very little in the way of um, inserts, you know, anything added to it. It's uh-huh. pretty much the avocado. The thing, and that's it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I see that as kind of a puree by itself, which I don't really understand because it's not much effort but i also see i also see the guacamole that is chunky with maybe a couple of things in it like well of course jalapeno cilantro uh you know it's funny because i'm thinking about that guacamole that i just mentioned well it is to us but there are people who don't like cilantro but i know they you know but, they all say the same thing too which is it tastes like soap and it, it does like soap, i, I yeah. can see that i now can see that but um the you have the cilantro you have the onion you have the tomato you have the um you have the let's see jalapeno and i think that's it like four or five different mm-hmm. ingredients, and, and mixed up in a very chunky way. That is the way I'm usually seeing it now, and I like that better. I like very little done to the avocado. Problem with avo- with guacamole <clears throat> that isn't homemade. I mean, the problem with guacamole that is homemade is that if you buy an avocado, you really need to plan to use it that day. I'm finding Amen. with avocados that the reason that you see them for four for five dollars is that when you open them, they're moldy on the inside. So it's they really go bad very very quickly. So I guess the the thing to do is to just get a guacamole out where they're constantly on top of that and they use them every day, and so yeah. it doesn't happen. But 
I find that avocados are not like some other fruit where it goes <clears throat> it goes straight from hard to mushy and mealy and inedible. In the case of avocados, it goes straight from hard to one good day where you have to hit it right and then moldy on the inside, brown and moldy. And it's, it's nobody wants that. No, I mean, we let we buy these avocados that are four, you know, four or five of them at one time. And then you look at them two days later and they there. You just can't use them. We let a lot of avocados go bad. So I've decided the best place to eat uh, guacamole is in a restaurant. Uh, could be. Yeah. Could be. Uh, you know, as long as we're talking about this, there's something that has caught my eye here. Stevia. Today is supposed to be Stevia Day. Did you bring up something about that? I, don't think I did earlier. I was going to yeah. say that you should do that after I'm gone. But Oh. But after I'm, I'm gone. I think, I, I think I, I'm going to just stay. Oh, yeah, just stay with us. Yeah. We don't have that much longer to go I anyway. I know. Okay. Two six zero six three six eight. if you would like to talk about whatever it is that you might like to talk about. Um, we went to Coffee Rainy over the weekend. Oh, yes, we did. I, it's all coming back to me now. Yeah, and I know you don't like Coffee Rainy, but I will tell you that, uh, and oh, that's probably why we never go there, because I every time I go there, I go, why don't I go here more often? Because it's my kind of place. It is, um, it's 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 chickified. It's definitely a chick place. Yeah, I can see that. And it's got the big salads that are gorgeous, and you know, it's got the nice sandwiches. But everything I saw on the tables looked really good. And I had we went to brunch, and I put that in quotes because it's. It's more like a breakfast. It's, it's, I don't really see a difference in their brunch and any other day. But um, we had, you had a breakfast sandwich, and I had a quiche. But their quiche is made in a really interesting, it was delicious. It's delicious. And um, it had no crust to it. Uh, I, I like them that way. Yeah. Well, they, they bake them in a muffin tin, and it had sort of a crust that was, you know, well-cooked egg was the crust. But it was really tasty. I thought my quiche was, I would tell you, this is not something that happens to me very often. But I have thought about the quiche since then. Hmm. And that is something that is very rare for me. I'll say. Yes, it is. And I will go back there before too much time passes to go and have another one of those quiches. But there's so many other things that I would try on the menu, too. You, Tom, will not be dragged there. You have uh, my assurances. When I told Mary Lee how much I enjoyed it, she said, oh, I'm so glad to hear that because I love coffee, Rainy, and you all won't ever go. So it's you that won't ever go, so we'll just leave you. (laughs) Oh, golly, I'm always getting pushed off to one side. Yes, I know. I wonder if it has anything to do with the fact that you're a pain in the butt. I mean, it could. It's just a thought. It's just a thought, you know. 260-6368 is the number. Uh, So we also had grits, which were not good there. Not good. Not good. not good there. Put thumbs down on the grits. And also, uh, they're a little too busy for for my likes because... 
not that I mind that, that they make some money, but uh, they uh, they will make you wait a while to get. Oh, it was it was very slow. But you know what? There's something else about Coffee Rainy and that experience at Coffee Rainy that I mm-hmm. want to bring up maybe tomorrow as a subject to talk about. Okay. Um, we had two tables. There were two tables. First of all, the place was packed. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to sit someplace where there was some natural light to take some pictures for nomenu.com. So there were two tables, one which had a good view of the from the window, good light coming in. And then there was another table that was literally, literally like two inches from our table. Okay, so we yeah. might as well have had a table of four, but it was you, actually set out. You might out, have had the guy in your lap. It was all. actually set out to be two separate tables. So the question that I'm going to pose tomorrow, this is too late to go into today, because I hope we do get some calls on this. How do you feel about restaurants where you are seated so close to the next table that you might as well be at the next table with strangers. Does that bother you? What happened yesterday was this guy came in with a book and um, he said, is anyone sitting here? And I said no. And so I figured that he was going to sit next to Tom because that was the obvious place. It was right next to the door where he came in. But in reality, he came over and sat next to me, which blocked the light and nullified the whole point of us sitting there. So he said, do you, and I started looking around to, to get a better seat for the light. And he said, am I bothering you by sitting here? And he, he wasn't actually bothering us by sitting there. It was just a light thing. Yeah. And I said, well, do you mind if when the food comes, would you mind standing up so that I can get this picture, which is why I sat here? Um, anyway, he was, you know, he's a cute little old man and he had this book and he dove into the book and, and. You know, just because he was sitting like literally shoulder to shoulder with me, I felt compelled to, you know, be sort of welcoming. And so I said, what are you reading? And he said, a book. And I thought, no, well, then I guess he doesn't really want anyone to welcome him. And he wants to be ignored. So that's what I did for the rest of the time. But it's hard to ignore someone that is sitting literally shoulder to shoulder with you. And I just feel oh, like it's, that it's, is it's an uncomfortable situation for a restaurant to put a person in. It, it, it's actually a very simple thing, and it's called Delta Airlines. Well, it's usually not that bad. You know, it's usually not that bad. I mean, I go to places all the time which have little two tops that are probably, I don't know, six to eight inches apart. But this was, I'm not kidding, I was sitting right next to this guy, shoulder to shoulder. And it was, I, I, it was uncomfortable. It was uncomfortable. And I don't usually get uh, that feeling that it's uncomfortable. And I mean, it wasn't like the guy or anything. It was just like, I just felt that that was too close. And I thought that that was probably a table that should be put together as a four top and not two top. It's, it was not a two top. Anyway, I would love to talk about that tomorrow. If you have any thoughts about that, it's too late to go into it now, but just sort of throwing out the uh, the subject for tomorrow. Why not? Yeah. It's, uh, it, it, it brings to mind uh, other episodes along this line, the most famous being Chef Paul Prudhomme's uh, situation uh, when he first opened up in the French Quarter. 
they had what they called um, community seating, I think. It was something like that. That I don't mind at all because you are literally, literally sitting next to someone. You yeah. know, it's like there's no mistaking it. You can or cannot. It's like sitting at a bar. You pick a seat and you can sit you know, right next to someone if you want. Although it does present kind of a problem if you see yeah. someone and you don't really want to sit next to them for you to keep a space between you and the person that you would be sitting next to. That's why if I'm at a communal table, I like to be the first one there, and then I don't care what happens after that. Hmm. But I do like communal tables. We first sat at a communal table at Justine on Valentine's Day when you assured me that there was no earthly way we would get into Justine on Valentine's Day. And what happened? We got into Justine <laughs> on Valentine's Day and ah. sat at a communal table and had a great time with people that were coming in from out of town who were very, very interesting people. So a communal mm. table can be kind of fun sometimes. I should have failed. I mean, I should have. Never mind. 260 <laughs> <laughs> six, it's, it's too late to even give out the phone number. So uh, I will mention that um, well, then. later in the week, uh, I am... Heading out, and on Thursday, we will have Daniel, the gourmet cellist, on with Tom. And then on Friday, we will have who uh, a person who has become sort of a familiar voice to the food show, Miss Allie Lofton of Allie, I mean, of, of Lofton's Oysters. And, mm. uh, and I know that both of those two people are highly capable of sitting in my chair, and, uh, and so that's who will be here. And then on Monday, of course, I will be back. But uh, that is the, the program for the rest of the week. Wonderful. It's been a pleasure uh, doing this, as always, and uh, look forward to next time we do it. Which will be tomorrow. tomorrow. <laughs> we have a guest tomorrow. We, we have a guy named gonna... Joshua Noik from the U.K., yeah. and we're going to... We are going to ask him to be sort of a culinary um, uh, Alexis de Tocqueville, and mm, tell him and tell him our um, or ask him to tell us his opinions of New Orleans on his first visit. And I want to ask him about London. And that's it for us tonight. I am heading out. WWL 105.3 FM HD2. Have a great evening. Good night. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews, or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.